Are you tired, mama? Tired of feeling like you have to resign yourself to either being a hot mess mom who's drowning in the chaos of motherhood or a Pinterest perfect mom who looks like she has it all together, but on the inside, she's really miserable. The world keeps telling us that these are the only options, but that is such a lie. You can get out of victim mode and you can make changes to bring more joy to your life. And at the same time, you can find freedom in remembering that you can't control everything and you can stop striving for perfection. I'm Mackenzie Tricola, and I'd love for you to join me every week here on the Practically Joyful Mom podcast to talk about realistic ways to bring more joy to your mom life and how to choose to be joyful even when it feels like the chaos is winning. We'll talk about intentional parenting, simplicity, faith in following Jesus, connecting with your kids, taking care of yourself, and so much more. Are you ready to leave hot mess mom and Pinterest perfect mom in the dust? Are you ready to choose to be a practically joyful mom? Then welcome in, friend. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, friends. I'm Mackenzie. Welcome back to Practically Joyful Mom. Thanks for joining me today, for just spending this time together. I hope that you're having a great day. I hope that this time together is just helpful and feels like a breath of fresh air in your day. Uh, The topic I want to talk about today is kind of something that I have just been thinking about lately. It's just been on my mind, which is usually where these episodes come from, whatever I've been thinking about or feel like I'm learning. I have been reading through the Gospel of Mark lately, just little by little, and there's this scene, there's this little section where Jesus' disciples were arguing about who was the best as they were walking from one town to another, and this might sound familiar to us. I feel like right away we're all kind of in there because have your kids ever argued about who's the tallest, who's the strongest, who can throw a ball the farthest? The other day, my one son literally said to the other after they brushed their teeth, I just spit more than you. It's like this thing. I don't know if it's because I just I have two boys and they're very competitive with each other or what it is, but it's this natural human thing to be arguing about who's the best at whatever. So it, it made me laugh right away reading this, thinking, so Jesus is walking along with his disciples, listening to them argue with each other about who's the best, who's the most important. And I love that it says after this, after they get to wherever they were going, um, and then this is quoting it in Mark, it says, after this, Jesus, well, sorry, the after this is my part, but then it says, Jesus took a little child who he placed among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but the one who sent me. And reading this just kind of got me thinking about, you know, he says here, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And he, in the verse right before this, he even says, whoever wants to be greatest needs to be the servant of all. It's not about I'm the greatest because I'm doing this awesome thing. Like the what God wants from us is to be willing to serve, to love, to give, to show his love, the love that he gives freely to us, to show that love, to give that love away to others. And I just love that Jesus chose a little child here talking about children are the most vulnerable people in our society. They're the most 
needy in a lot of ways, you know, think about an infant, they need your help for everything, you know, they can't wipe their own behind, they can't feed themselves, they can't anything, and I just love that he talks about this here, saying this is great and meaningful work to welcome these little children in his name, to love them because he has loved us, to give away that love that he has given to us. And thinking about that made me realize how easy it is for me, and hopefully I'm not the only one, to kind of look at my children and to almost see this like list of tasks that they represent. It's I don't visually picture it like this, but it made me think of it's kind of like there's this little floating bubble above their heads. Like if we were in a cartoon, they'd have this little bubble above their heads that would just be like a task list when I look at one of my children to think like, okay, I'm looking at this kid. All right, we need to pack a lunch. We need to make sure that the homework is done. We need to call about that one appointment I need to make. We need to set up a play date with that one friend. I need to have a talk with them about this behavioral issue that's been happening and it's like this task list maybe you look at one of your little ones and what you see above their cute little face is I need to change their diaper and that reminds me I need to put more wipes in the diaper bag and I need to pack some snack food for the park and oh I've got to fold the clothes from the dryer so that they actually have a clean outfit to wear tomorrow and I need to look up that one thing about some rash they have and what that's about. It's like this moving task list above their heads and it can be so easy because there are a lot of tasks. It can be so easy to just almost view our children as this list of things we need to do to take care of their needs. And I'm not saying those needs don't matter. I'm not saying we don't do hard work meeting all of those needs. I think it just can be so easy to almost lose sight of the fact that our children are people, which sounds weird to say, but when we get into this mindset of just seeing what needs to be done when we look at each child, it can be hard to remember that they're just these little human souls. They're people with emotions and wants and drives and desires and good purpose that God has for their lives. They've got a mind that's always thinking. They've got a heart that's always feeling, that's always longing for love. They have this eternal soul and these are people, real people, who could grow up to be some of our closest friends and I think it's so hard to remember that when we're in the mindset of kind of almost viewing our kids as a to-do list so that's really just the perspective shift that I kind of need to have and so maybe this will speak to someone else as well but just remembering that our kids really are people you know here when Jesus is talking about this whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name I don't think he's talking about caring for children as just this drudgery thing he's talking about it as deep, deeply meaningful ministry, as service to God, and I think we can lose sight of that. We can just see the surface level, okay, I've got to meet this need, meet this need, meet this need, and lose sight of the fact that meeting those needs is our ministry that we're doing in our homes, whether we're 
doing other ministry outside of our homes, other you know, employment that we get paid for outside of our homes. We have this important ministry of love in our homes. And part of that is by meeting the needs of our children, not just the physical needs, the emotional needs, the spiritual, all of these things. Obviously, there are some needs that only God can be meeting for them, but we are called to that ministry of loving them by meeting needs, and that's that's mercy, it's compassion, it's all these things that Jesus displayed in his life. And I thought it was also interesting reading through Mark and seeing how much of Jesus's ministry that's recorded there was just him doing ordinary things, talking about him walking from one town to another, talking about, and then he went and ate this meal with these people, and then he was trying to go away with just his disciples for a little bit, but crowds followed him and interrupted him. If that does not sound familiar to us, and I don't know what does, right? How many times are you trying to do something and your kids have a need that interrupts you? Jesus spent time just talking and being with his friends, which is something we all like to do as well, or you know, we do with our children. He spent a lot of time answering questions, I've noticed. And again, another thing we can probably all relate to, especially if you have, you know, three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old who's in the why phase, these little scientists always asking why. And I've noticed Jesus does a lot of responding to questions that perhaps to him could have seemed, you know, very simple, very obvious. Well, why don't you know that sort of things like we often feel about our children but he he kept that understanding, I think, of realizing, hey, they're just humans. And they're trying to make sense. They're trying to understand. They're trying to learn these things. And I think that can also help us, especially if you have a a big why phase kid to remember, hey, he's a child, she's a child, and it's wonderful that they want to learn about the world around them. Um, Jesus spent a lot of time teaching and we as parents spend a lot of time teaching. If you homeschool or if you don't, you are your child's primary teacher. They are learning so much from you. I just loved seeing this whole picture of so much of what Jesus did was ordinary life stuff. And I think it that's just such a good, an encouragement to say that our ordinary lives are one of our greatest ministries in so many ways not to say that we don't pursue you know opportunities that may sound more exciting I'm not saying we shouldn't ever do any other things but just to say that the way we live our ordinary lives really can be one of our greatest ministries that's how we show mercy and compassion and we teach and we answer questions and we eat and we share time together and we invest in those relationships and so I think one kind of perspective shift with this is that it's not just about completing the little task list floating above each child's head, although that is important, but it's about how we do what must be done. Do we check these tasks off full of complaining and grumbling and griping or with a heart of joy knowing that our work is ultimately an act of service for God? Do we do these things with a bitter heart full of resentment for the responsibilities we have or with loving words on our lips for those around us? 
do we do these things in like a frantic hurry that tells our children we have no time for them because we are too busy taking care of them? Uh, or do we do it while making time for a quick hug, a kiss on their sweet little head, or pausing for 10 seconds to listen to their really important story about a bug that they found in the backyard? I think so much of it is not just about what we do, but how we do it. So kind of as a practical application, I think maybe thinking through some of those those things to sit down and have a little journaling time or just thinking time or however you process best to say, okay, how am I doing the things that need done? Am I doing it in one of these complaining, grumbling, resentful, super busy, off-putting sort of ways? Or am I doing it with joy as an act of service to God, to my children, with love for them, with patience, compassion, mercy, like how Jesus lived his life with patience for interruptions. So I think that's one of the things is to kind of sit down and maybe journal through some of this or just think through it and kind of remind yourself to be able to shift into that perspective of we can have joy doing these things because it, it is important and deeply meaningful ministry. And I think another thing that I have been thinking of for myself is instead of viewing the little task list above each head to, and it's really hard to just stop doing something, right? This is an area I've been working on with my oldest a lot. You can't just tell your brother, hey, stop playing with the toy I'm playing with, but maybe give him something to replace it with. Can you please leave this toy alone? Here's another toy that I think is really cool that's similar. Doesn't always work, but we can't just easily stop something because if you're trying really hard to not think about something, you're thinking about that thing. So I was thinking one way for us to be able to kind of replace that little task list bubble and to stop viewing our children as just a to-do list is to write out sort of a joy list for each kid, something we can picture above their heads when we look at them. Things like maybe you write out, okay, this kid is full of energy and exuberant and always excited about things, or maybe for a different kid you would write they're thoughtful and they're always thinking things through or thinking of others or maybe this kid loves stories or this kid is a budding chef they're always with me wanting to help in the kitchen even though that may be sometimes difficult to have patience with or this kid loves to snuggle this kid is empathetic and then I think we can also do some general things that we might picture above them like loved by God precious those sorts of words talked a lot about things like this back in episode four talking about having like a a daily blessing that you do with your kids so that would maybe be a good episode to re-listen to for just some ideas of words and things that we might want to picture above our kids heads and then the other practical idea that I had with this and again this is something I've talked about in depth in a previous episode was just making time to just be with each of your children it doesn't you may not be able to have two hours to just sit down and just focus on being with that child every day or any given day but looking for some time to really just be with them and connect with them as a 
person because I think that can help us to remember they're not just a job, they're not just a list of things we need to do. So maybe you specifically set aside some time today to have special time with each kid or maybe today you just are on the lookout for uh, paying attention to when your kid is looking for your attention. So you're washing dishes and someone comes in from the other room and says, Mommy, do you want to come see my game? Looking for that opportunity to dry off your hands, say, I'm taking a break from the dishes, and go spend five minutes, sit down on the floor, touch their arm, kiss their head, look at their face, look at the thing they're trying to show you, listen to their high-pitched little voices, take in and enjoy the delight that they have for these simple things, really just spend a few minutes connecting with them. It will be a huge, important, positive thing in your relationship with them and also, I think, really help this perspective. It does for me to help that perspective. When I'm connected with my children, when I've spent time just being with them, not thinking about all the things I need to do for them, but spending some time just enjoying this person can really help me shift out of that to-do list perspective. So those are a few ideas for a practical application. Maybe you have one of your own that you want to somehow apply this idea to your life, but I just wanted to pop in today with that encouragement to remember that our children are not just to-do lists. They're these important people in our lives, and the way we care for them, the things we do for them, is not just a task list, but it really is important ministry and service for God that we are doing for our children. Thanks for listening today, friends. I hope this episode encouraged and inspired you. If it did, I'd love it if you would leave a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at practicallyjoyfulmom or you can send me an email at practicallyjoyfulmom at gmail.com. So glad we got to share this time together today. Thanks for choosing joy with me, friends.